You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world. Plus, tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. Useless Information Hi, I'm Steve Silverman, and you're listening to a classic episode of the Useless Information Podcast. And next up, we have Noah Goldberg's Wooden Leg, which I recorded and released on March 15th of 2011. I'm not exactly sure where I first learned of the story, but I suspect it was just another one of the many shorter stories that I used for tidbits in the podcast. And as I started to research it, I probably found that there was a longer story to be told. And I have to say, I really enjoyed putting this story together, so I hope that you do too. Enjoy. Welcome to the Useless Information Podcast, my collection of fascinating true stories from the flip side history. My name is Steve Silverman, and today's story is titled, Noah Goldberg's Wooden Leg. But before we do that, let's start with today's question of the day. Now, for today's question of the day, I thought it would be nice to talk about Crayola crayons, since we all uh, played with them when we were kids. It seems that in 1962, Crayola voluntarily renamed its politically incorrect flesh-colored crayon to be what color? After all, there are many different colors of flesh. So here are your choices in alphabetical order. And I, I should mention that all of the names I'm about to give you are real Crayola crayon colors. So did they rename the flesh-colored crayon to be one almond, two apricot, three peach, four tan, or five tumbleweed? Again, in 1962, Crayola changed the name of its flesh-colored crayon to be what color? Was it one almond, two apricot, three peach, four tan, or five tumbleweed? And as always, I'll leave you in suspense, let you ponder over it for a few minutes, and I'll let you know the answer at the end of this podcast. And now for today's story on Noah Goldberg's wooden leg. Now today's story begins in New York City with the failure of the marriage between Rose and Frank Lichen. This is way back in 1928. You see, Frank, who was an East Side furrier and real estate dealer, was ordered by the court to pay his wife $200 per week in alimony. That's about $2,400 per week in today's money. In response, Frank threatened to leave the country and head right back to his Russian homeland, where he claimed that, and as a quote, husbands have some rights. Of course, if he did leave the country, he wouldn't be able to pay the alimony, so the court ordered him placed under a bond that was $25,000 in value. Now, I don't care if you're living in 1928 or today, $25,000 is a huge chunk of change. 
But Frank was reportedly a very wealthy man. There were estimates that his fortune was in excess of a half a million dollars. And this is where Frank Lycan just seemed to vaporize right off the face of the earth. He was never, ever to be seen again. But Frank had one very distinctive feature that made it difficult for him to hide. You see, Frank had a wooden leg. So his ex-wife Rose made some inquiries to contacts that she had in Europe, but no one had spotted him. Oddly, around the same time, a Polish Jew with one leg named Noah Goldberg checked into a Vienna, Austria hotel, but he didn't stay very long. That's because he became ill and was taken to a hospital where he died on October 31st, 1928. The $600 or so uh, that they found in his belongings were used to pay for his hospital and funeral expenses. So the Polish consul in uh, Vienna arranged for Noah's funeral and also asked for all of his possessions to be taken from the hotel to the consulate. And there really wasn't that much there, just an old pile of clothes, you know, maybe an, an additional $100 or so, and his wooden leg. Somehow, I don't know how, Rose learned of Noah Goldberg's death, and based on the details that she had learned, she became convinced that Noah Goldberg and her estranged husband Frank were one and the same. So the family back in the U.S. told the consul that he had left the U.S. with a very large fortune and asked him to search through the luggage more carefully. You know, go through it again, see if you can find anything. But the supposed fortune could not be located. Maybe he hid it somewhere else, or maybe it never existed at all. No one really knew at the time. With the contents of his luggage thoroughly searched, uh, you know, the family gave permission for his, you know, for his possessions to be sold off. Amazingly, the most valuable item that Goldberg owned was his wooden leg. You see, they were very costly and hard to come by at the time. As it turns out, a Polish consular official named Wieder, uh, his first name is lost history, but Wieder, he had lost one of his legs during World War I. He already had a wooden leg, but he liked Goldberg's wooden leg better. So he figured he had nothing to lose if he tried it on, and if it fit, he would offer to buy it. Somehow, in the process of trying on this beautifully constructed leg, Wieder hit upon some sort of spring mechanism, and when it unlatched, a small hidden compartment was revealed, and it contained a rolled-up wad of cash. When Vieter counted it, he found there were 88 $1,000 banknotes in there. That's 88,000 buckaroos. That would be about the same as finding a million dollars today. Now, you would think that that money would go right to Rose and her children, but it wasn't that easy. First, Rose had to prove that Noah Goldberg and Frank Lycan were, in fact, the same person. It wasn't easy and it took more than a year to do, but eventually the skeptical Polish consulate was also convinced that, in fact, they were the same. Second, Austrian law at the time forbid the sending of money outside of the country. So Rose had no choice but to go to Austria herself and ask the courts for her rightful inheritance. Nine years after his death, the court ruled in Rose's favor, although the family was only awarded a total of 45000 of the 88000 that was found. But I wouldn't feel too bad for him. That would be like getting $650,000 today. Being Frank Lycan's widow, Rose was awarded one quarter of this amount, and the remainder went to their two daughters, Adele and Marilyn, who were 18 and 12, respectively, at the time.
Now, what I found really surprising while researching the story was that Frank Lycan wasn't alone. There were other people that hid money in their wooden legs. For example, a February 2nd, 1911 article in the Washington Post discusses the life of one Herbert Manley, who left his job as a New York City streetcar conductor 10 years prior. Manley headed off to Alaska and lost his left leg in the spring of 1906. Then two years later, he struck a rich vein of gold, filed his claim, and sold off the undeveloped mine for $200,000. He claimed that he carried $150,000 in his false leg at all times, and he slept with the left leg and the fortune it contained under his pillow every single night. And then on October 17, 1922, a man named Jim Coate walked into a White Plains, New York police station begging for a place to sleep. Now he explained that he was broke, so they allowed him to stay the night. But then the next day, the policeman noticed that he kept messing around with his, of course, wooden leg. And a search revealed that he had $90.06 concealed in it. And then there's a story from February 6, 1938, where the body of 63-year-old Philip Iellens was found hanging in his room at an Indiana-Pennsylvania house. Iellens had been living on relief payments for years, and his death, of course, was ruled a suicide. But they found, of course, you can know where this is going, they found $4,204.85 hidden in the hollow of his wooden leg. Then there's the case of the missing leg of 65-year-old Donald McDonald. What a name. On January 22, 1953, a public trustee in Sydney, Australia, ordered that his body be exhumed. While McDonald was thought to have been penniless, his relatives said that he was not. They believed that he was buried with this fortune hidden, of course, in his wooden leg. The undertaker couldn't remember if McDonald was buried with it or not, but his, his gut feeling was that he wasn't, since the morgue would have probably discarded it, but they needed to check to be sure. Unfortunately for the family, the leg wasn't there, and of course the fortune wasn't either. Useless, useful, I'll leave that for you to decide. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
And now for a few words from our retro sponsor. Back, I'd like to remind you that next Wednesday is St. Patrick's Day. That gay green day on the very edge of spring. Now, for those friends you want to say top of the morning to, there's a wonderful selection of Hallmark St. Patrick's Day cards. You find cards with the lilt of Irish laughter, the gaiety and charm of Irish wit. Cards with a bit of blarney and sprightly as an Irish jig. So, stop in tomorrow at one of the fine stores that carry Hallmark cards. Look over the whole engaging selection and you're sure to find a lot of them that'll please you and please your friends. That's because they're Hallmark cards. Cards that say just what you want to say the way you want to say it. Remember, Hallmark cards. America's favorite greeting cards. I figured with St. Patrick's Day right around the corner, this commercial seemed appropriate. It's from the March 11th, 1948 broadcast of Radio Reader's Digest. This particular half-hour episode was titled Eavesdroppers in Eden. Now, if you're curious, the card company was founded in 1910 by Joyce C. Hall. But they didn't use the Hallmark name until 1928. And since then, they've printed it on the back of every single card. You see, Hall was intrigued by the word Hallmark, not just because the word contained his family name, but because the use of Hallmarks had long been used by goldsmiths as a mark of quality. Now, the slogan, when you care enough to send the very best, was adopted in 1944. It was created by a Hallmark marketing and sales executive named Ed Goodman on a 3x5-inch index card, which, believe it or not, the company still has in its possession. And now for a few totally useless, yet totally true tidbits from history. It's time for what I like to call news of the weird past. And our first tidbit dates back to July 12, 1948, when the U.S. Navy received an SOS call uh, from the 7,000-ton freighter William Carson. It read, and it's a quote, Crew mutinous, cannot control, come at once. That's the end of the quote. Four days later, the ship was intercepted by the U.S. destroyer George K. McKenzie. The boarding party climbed on the ship to find everything quite under control. In fact, there never was any threat of a mutiny. Everything was orderly, and the crew was unaware of any distress signal being sent. It turns out that the SOS had been sent by the ship's 25-year-old radio operator named Gerald A. Melton, but he was nowhere to be found. The morning after the distress signal had been sent, Melton was reported as being missing. The captain ordered the ship to reverse course, and a six-hour search was conducted for the missing man. He was never found, and it was assumed that Melton had jumped overboard uh, after sending the message. Our next story, and I think you're going to like this one, dates back to July 20th, 1974, where it's reported that a herd of elephants had killed five people and injured another 12 during a drunken rampage across West Bengal, India. Government officials said that the herd of about 150 elephants broke into, get this, an illegal still and consumed its contents. In addition to to the deaths and the injuries, the elephants demolished seven concrete buildings and 20 village huts in the area around the moonshine still. I like that story. And our last little tidbit for today is dated July 16, 1985, where it's reported that 28-year-old Amelia Lynch of Brooklyn, New York, was killed in a freak accident. Ms. Lynch had been at a payphone talking to her mom in Colorado for about 10 minutes when her mom, Sherry Church, heard a sudden loud noise, followed by silence. 
Witnesses said that a bolt of lightning struck a 100-pound flower pot on the eighth floor ledge of a building right above the phone booth. That sent the flower pot into motion, falling about 80 feet and killing Ms. Lynch instantly. And now for the answer to today's question of the day. And I had asked about Crayola's politically incorrect flesh-colored crayon. What did they change the name to? Was it one almond, two apricot, three peach, four tan, or five tumbleweed? So which one did you choose? I hope you chose three, which was peach. Now, another notable color change occurred in 1958 when they renamed Prussian blue to be midnight blue. Uh, Prussian blue was one of the first synthetic pigments, uh, but there was concern at the time that the young students would be clueless as to what Prussian blue meant. That's because the Prussian Empire no longer existed and they couldn't relate to it. Also, in 1999, they changed the name of Indian red to chestnut over concern that students would assume that it was the color of the skin of Native Americans, you know, which is clearly untrue. It had, been, it had been named Indian Red based on the reddish-brown iron oxide pigment that was commonly found in the East Indies and the uh, Persian Gulf region. Now, if you're curious, Crayola crayons were first marketed way back in 1903 by and Smith, and they contained just eight colors. Uh, each box contained just eight colors. Now, do you think you can name them? It's actually pretty obvious uh, what most of them are. It's black, blue, brown, green, orange, red, violet, and yellow. Now, oddly, I do use crayons in my uh, ninth grade earth science class, and I believe those are the eight colors that are in there. Now, obviously, there are many, many more colors today. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's story on Noah Goldberg's wooden leg, as well as our question of the day on Crayola crayon colors. Uh, listening to our retro sponsor, which was Hallmark greeting cards in particular for St. Patrick's Day, and the news of the weird past tidbits, which included the fake mutiny, my favorite, which was the 1974 drunken elephant rampage, and of course the sad one, which was death by a falling flower pot. If you'd like to read more true stories just like these, please be sure to get a copy of one of my books. They are Einstein's Refrigerator and Lindbergh's Artificial Heart, both are written by me, Steve Silverman, and they're available from your local bookseller online, and of course from your local library. Now, I do apologize for the static that was uh, through most of this podcast. I couldn't figure out what was causing it. I've had this before, but I couldn't figure it out. Turned the computer on and off. Uh, tried everything I could and couldn't get it to go. Finally, near the very end, I realized that the router was interfering with the mixer. So I moved my router, and the static seems to have disappeared, or at least mostly disappeared. So I do apologize for that. I really didn't feel like going back and re-recording the whole thing, because it does take quite a while. Um, anyway, if you'd like to contact me for any uh, reason, whatever it may be, simply drop me an email at useless at steve.silverman.name. That's useless at steve.silverman.name. Or you can visit my website at uselessinformation.org. I'm also in the process of setting up a Facebook page. I'll hopefully in a few days uh, have that uh, going. Depends on what comes up between now and then. Anyway, as always, I'd appreciate if you could log into iTunes and leave some positive comments. A lot of you have done that, and that should help increase the number of listeners to this podcast. Anyway, thanks for listening, and hopefully you'll tune in the next time. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.